Welcome to Through a Handler's Eyes. I'm Jo Hilda and I'll be interviewing assistance dog handlers Australia-wide. We won't be discussing legalities or training methods, just the journey of the human and their dog. Hi, today I welcome assistance dog handler Erica and her dog Gus. Erica is from New South Wales and she is an organised an organisation based uh, trainer. Hi, Erica. How are you? Hi. Well, thank you. So, um, when did you get your first assistance dog? So, Gus is my first dog ever, and he came to me a little over two years ago. What influenced you in going to the organisation? What helped you make that decision of having an assistance dog? Uh, it was it was almost by accident. When the NDIS came to town, um, my son sort of went along and realised that, you know, I would qualify. And at my first planning meeting, I had absolutely no idea how to set a goal. I, I think I'd always just been on survival mode. So when they asked, what would I, was there anything I want, this tiny voice from deep inside came out and said, I want a dog. And I love that bark in the background. That's perfect timing. Yeah, we're warts <laughs> and all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I the planner instantly said, oh, of course, an assistance dog, what a fabulous idea. And I didn't even know really what an assistance dog was then. Um, so it was sort of, I left the meeting and went and looked it up. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, wow, why hasn't someone suggested this before? And then every person, like my GP, counsellors, everyone that I spoke to said, oh, what a fabulous idea. Um, so, yeah, that became my, my, my main goal. So what's it like to have a dog, not necessarily an assistance dog? If you've never had a dog before, what, it's, was it, what is it like for you? It is like a different world, a world that I wish I'd discovered, you know, decades ago. I can't imagine ever living without a dog now. It is so much easier than having children, um, but with all the benefits of having you know, a warm, affectionate, close relationship. Um, yes. Amazing. I mean, I say to my four children, um, I actually do have a favourite now. <laughs> it's Gus. <laughs> yes, yes. How long have you had Gus? So a bit over two years, yeah. It was it was pretty hard to find an organisation that it's pretty hard for me to find services and most most of the services, including assistance dog services, like I just don't fit in their box. Um, and I wasn't really up on, I didn't feel confident enough to fully own a train. And then my friend luckily was at the beach and she came over and said, I've just found your dog. And she'd run into um, a person who worked with a breeder um, and they mainly provided therapy dogs for, um, for like uh, old people's homes, schools, etc. And the dogs are tamarooks, and they're just curly, lovely. They look like an oodle. Um, yeah, they're the most gorgeous breed of 
human-loving dogs. So we contacted them and there was a long wait and there were lots of hiccups along the way. And then he came to me, I think it was, oh, actually, it must be two and a half years now. So February of 2018. Right. So tell me a bit about him. What's he like? Right from the start, I I, I met and started training with another dog who had a medical issue and had to be, I mean, she's totally fine and has a beautiful forever home now, but she couldn't progress to be my dog. So it pretty much broke my heart. So I only met Gus the day I got Gus um, because I felt like I didn't want to get attached and then it not work out. He walked into this crowded room. I had all, all like some of my kids were there. I had a couple of friends who owned dogs because I was so terrified of, I don't know, breaking the new dog. Um, yeah. And he just walked straight in and he came over identified probably me as the person most freaking out in the room and it feels like he's just been there ever since. He's amazing. We really just instantly connected. Um, He's very noticing. Oh, that's lovely. What's his personality like? He's He apparently was quite difficult to train. Um, I call him helpfully disobedient. Um, He's a real, he's Mm. really cheeky and happy and friendly, Um, very smart. Um, So he's a bit of an opportunist, uh, very food-loving. But the biggest trait, I think, is his desire to communicate. Like he really genuinely is interested in what's going on, who's coming through the door. Um, And we just, yeah, we, we just sort of communicate all the time. We have little conversations and... Um, yeah, friendly, I guess. That's really good. Tell me um, a, a bit about your journey. You, you've you got him, a bit about what it's like to be out and about with him and and the journey between getting him and being confident to have him with you all the time. So for me, he just was with me all the time because I didn't have other supports in place and my boys um, had, well, were able to leave home because I now had somebody with me. Um, so in hindsight, it was it was odd but good that it was just full on. I think our, our first, first or second day we just went to the middle of Sydney peak hour and, you know, we're, we're away doing things. Um, so I probably made some terrible mistakes but I think... Uh, because we were together and travelling a lot and there weren't other people, it also was really great for our bonding and definitely yes. good for my bravery. Oh, well, that's good. So what's the best thing about having him? The best thing, wow. I, I mean, I think possibly, well, selfishly, he's just a delight to be with and I haven't had to go to hospital in the two and a half years since I've had him. So that's I've that's just completely changed my life. But I think the fact that the boys now know I'm not alone has has given them more independence and freedom instead of having to worry that 
I'm really unwell and there's no supports and they might get a phone call. Um, they know now that I've got my safe place because Gus is with me. Um, and to me as a mother, wanting my children to be independent, um, that's probably the most important thing. Yes. So on the, the questionnaire I gave you, you said you use numerous strategies and things. Um, how does Gus work in with those, uh, with your um, possible mobility aid and the different strategies that you use to manage your disability? So when I first got him, he was public access, basic trained, and then it was sort of up to us to work out what he was going to do. And it was kind of almost effortless. Like I drop things and don't notice and he just started picking them up. So so really it was just a matter of noticing him and what he was trying to communicate and me realising, oh, I actually do have a problem there. Um, and the biggest thing he's given me is uh, is more, I mean, it's not always a, a comfortable thing, but before I had Gus um, or that connection with Gus, I used to spend a lot of my day dissociated. So mm-hmm. I really didn't, you know, I'd bump into things, fall over, do things that I wasn't aware of, but because I wasn't aware, I couldn't really, um, I didn't have any warning, so I couldn't put strategies in place. So yeah. the fact that he'll alert me has given me so much more agency in terms of regulating myself. Um, but also I think instead of me just not having much of a sense of self and trying to find my way in the world, there's this fantastic um, bounce back, like I see what Gus sees through his eyes and the person he's looking at is great. So that's given me this really lovely sense of self and, and a great self instead of the sort of problematic judged self that sometimes is reflected off, you know, services or yes. in the community if I'm behaving oddly. And and I guess you are being the person your dog thinks you are. Yes, yeah. And the, the really huge thing for me is noticing him when I'm unwell or upset or behaving in a way that really distresses other people or makes them feel like I'm doing something wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Gus treats me as the person I am. Like if I was doing something scary, he would be scared. Um, And the fact that he calmly accepts me and shows compassion towards me when I'm upset is just really great reinforcement that, yes, I'm upset for a reason, I'm not an evil person, and that just makes it easier for me to, you know, calm down. Um, I use a lot stroking, a lot of sort of uh, sensory stuff with Gus too. He'll lick my hands if I can't feel them or I'll stroke him. Um, And just having his weight on me if I'm really distressed is so much more effective than a weighted blanket but I guess similar process yeah but I think I think um you also have a heartbeat and a breath 
with the dogs if as a weighted blanket if they're laying on you you can feel them breathing as well and I think that is the difference you know what I mean to a weighted blanket I mean weighted blankets can be very effective I don't want the people ringing me up and saying hey but I just think that that having that heartbeat and that breath sometimes you're not alone you don't feel like you're alone and so, um, absolutely, and I think I underestimated that completely. Um, you know, before I had Gus, I had been separated for 12 years or something and I really didn't have daily affection. I didn't have, um, well, I wasn't really in my body and mm. I didn't laugh a lot. And I, because yeah. I just didn't see anyone. Um, and even smiling, like if you're just at home alone, well, now I probably would, but I'd kind of forgotten what a lot of that normal stuff feels like. And every day, he, what, however bad my day is or whatever's going down, he makes me smile. He makes me laugh out loud. And I use my voice because I talk to him. So I used to just. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I'd go for days really without speaking. And yeah, because yeah. when you live alone too, you don't. Yes. You just don't, do you? Yeah. So, so now, um, yeah, I sort of feel like I've added a dimension to my sort of personal life. Um, That's lovely. It's it sounds amazing. too. A couple of the things that you've said remind me of. I have four children myself. Going out with a toddler. Like yeah. you see things through their eyes. Yeah. You see the world through their eyes. You see yourself through their eyes, which is a much nicer place most of the time. Yeah, and I think I think also the world sees us differently when we have dogs. I mean, mm. I could easily have been the strange woman sitting motionless in the park muttering to herself, but if I've got a dog, people will come up and chat and just say, you know, oh, I like your dog or what's your dog's name? I mean, in a really easy way without any effort on my part or Gus's, we're meeting more people and talking to more people. Um, And he's so friendly. He loves people. I feel a bit selfish sometimes because I think he would have made an amazing facility dog. But, um, yeah, he... The, the better I am at socialising, the more fun he has too. So Yeah, yeah. So have you had any bad incidences when you've been out and about in with public access? Have you had any refusals yeah. or people just being rude or? I, I was, I really researched it um, before. So I was aware that having an assistance animal, that's part of it. Um, but I was really shocked by a very small percentage of people that like some really terrible things have happened. Um, the last one was I still, I'm still really affected by it. I think it happened earlier this year. Um, I've had a lot of trouble with, you know, maybe 10% of Uber drivers or taxi drivers uh-huh. um, and who can get quite abusive. I mean, I even had one, I hopped into a cab at Central Station and the cab driver went and got the police who, you know, told him off and told him, 
you know, he was breaking the law. But this particular Uber driver, um, I, I always sit in the back and Gus sits on the floor because I figure it's easier, you know. So yep. I, and, and that's the sort of public access requirement, isn't it? Well, I think... I think there's been a lot of trouble because, for me, because people see Gus and he's not a Labrador, which, mm. you know, it's just one of those things. People think yeah. guide dogs are real dogs, real assistance animals. Anyway, um, so they tend to sit in the front and so I thought, like, we'll just make our rules. We sit in the back. So I sat in this cab and the guy said, oh, you can't have your dog in there I'm not taking your dog and I sort of have a little thing that I say that's just pretty calm and I just say um you know under the DDA you know it's my right so you know if you move that seat forward he'll sit on the floor you know there's no dramas and usually they'll mutter and curse a bit but it's okay and I have spoken to Uber a lot like every time it happened i yeah, because Uber has a policy about that. Yeah, they do. Funny how policies and real life don't match. Um, but this person um, just, he got out of the car, and I don't remember, but the person that was there said he slammed the door angrily, which would have just kind of shocked me a bit. So, And he um, told me to put Gus in the boot and opened up the boot, and I said I'm not putting my dog in the boot. Was it a hatchback or a boot boot? I think it was a boot boot, yeah. Um, and I, okay. he, he then, I mean, I, all I remember is the physical sensation. He then came and grabbed the lead out of my hand and he tried to grab me and drag me out of the cab. And when things like that happen, I just shut down. So I would have been pretty unresponsive and... I ended up with massive uh, bruising. It was just, it was so shocking. And he did it in front of the people's house I was leaving from. Like it was just really awful. Um, and so that's kind of got in the way of my comfort with travel um, because I just can't get in an Uber or a taxi after that and even though the police have charged him there's no court date because they can't find him or something you know and it's just yeah yeah so I think I'm trying to feel like yes those people are out there anyway and it's nothing to do with having a dog but um yeah it surprises me when people are so angry and so adamant about it yeah it's um it's and and people don't know the law. No, they, they think that it's their right. Um, well, they know, you know and they my taxi or my car. So, yeah. but it's That's a public right. access vehicle. So, therefore, public access rules apply. Um, I'm so sorry you went through that. That's terrible. That's a terrible, it's, terrible feeling. It's st- yeah, it's still shocking. Like you know, obviously people driving off and all of that stuff is upsetting at the time. But it kind of you just think, oh, that sucks. I'll I'll do this to make sure next time I have someone there with me. Or yeah, but this was just next level awful. That and, was violence. That was terrible. Yeah. And and the scary thing was he then the police think he thought where I was, was the address. So he then returned that night and slashed the tyres of 
the people I'd been visiting. Um, oh, so it no. was, yeah, horrible. Terrible. Okay. Let's get off that. Tell yeah, me something yeah. wonderful that's happened. Wonderful. Well, I mean, wonderful is that I'm still here because I really, it, it sounds awful, but I really couldn't continue trying to struggle on just with bureaucracy and my situation and these symptoms that I didn't understand. It was it was just too hard. So when the kids had grown up, I kind of felt like my job was over. And so that was it for me. But having Gus has, you know, it's just given me this concrete possible way to live that's, I mean, it's not only possible, it's actually wonderful. And having that having that sort of sense of, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm not sure if Gus or I will die soon, but just to know that having a beautiful animal in your life can make such a difference, it kind of makes me feel like there are so many more possibilities out there, which means all of the things that kind of get in the way and drag me down um, can kind of wait over there while I go to the park with my dog or we have a cuddle or, you know, we play with a ball. It's it's amazing to have play back in my life and just a sense that I have a future. Oh, absolutely. That would be the most wonderful thing. Um, thank you so much for chatting to me, with me, I should say. Um, I really appreciate your time. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Oh, look, it's been great meeting you. I loved hearing about your story. And now I've done this, I can't wait to listen to all the other podcasts and hear about everybody else. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've got any questions or you would like to be a guest, email me at eyes at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.